So Beth, how much do you think you use social media every day? I would say that social media is about 80 to 90% of our job in PR. (laughs) It's crazy because social media used to be a smaller portion of that. That was maybe one aspect, and it's really become equally as important as media relations to our job. Well, and so when you're working in PR, obviously you're kind of back and forth on it all day. Um, But I think everybody, that kind of touches them a little bit, right? Everybody's on some form of social media. Every channel that's out there is a form of social media these days. You know, when you think about Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, even, you know, just your internal communications platforms that you use in your office, that is all an aspect or an element of social media. I think, you know, as it becomes a bigger part of our daily lives and they find more uses for social media, we just start to plug in in different ways. I was out of the country last week and when we were traveling, we get Wi-Fi pretty much anywhere, but a lot of these foreign countries, when I tried to log into Wi-Fi, they would say, like, hey, log in with your Facebook account to get access. So, I mean, even, you know, just accessing the internet itself, social media became a part of that. So as it just becomes more holistic and includes more of the things we do, people are just going to spend more and more time on it. Statista actually uh, released last year in 2017. People are spending now up to 135 minutes on average a day on social media, which is a little over two hours. In 2012, just for reference, that was around 90 minutes, an hour and a half. So in five years, you know, we've significantly increased how much we all use social media. And it's a good thing, right? It helps us connect. We get to know people and we connect with people that we've lost touch with. Um, You get to see fun pictures of people traveling. So there's a lot of good to it. Um, I think we're only going to see that become more of a part of everyday life. Agreed. You know, when you think about where we were five, six years ago and where we are today, it's just incredible to see the increase in social media usage and the amount of social media channels that are out there right now. And you just mentioned a statistic. A recent study by Pew Research Center states that almost 90% of marketers say their social marketing efforts have increased exposure for their business, and 75% say that they've increased traffic. So in order to achieve optimal results, there are a few factors to consider when you when you think about your overall PR strategy, when, it, when that includes social media. And that's which channels should you use, and that's going to depend entirely on your target audience, which we'll get into in just a moment. It's going to depend on the tone of your brand. You want to make sure that that tone is consistent and friendly and that it suits the side of your business that you're trying to represent, as well as the channel on which you are posting. And also the content. Visual engaging content is key when it comes to social media. Publishing relevant quality content and involving your audience by asking questions, using polls, hosting events as we've talked about on this podcast. Also, 48% of Americans have interacted with companies or institutions on at least one social media network. So fans are doing more now than just following those brands. They're engaging with them through comments, through questions, through customer service. It's more important now than ever to position your social media presence as a place to connect and produce engaging content with clear calls to action. Yeah, I mean, with people spending more than two hours every day on this, you just have so much reach that you didn't have before. So for things like creating those events or opening those dialogues, just a lot more possible than it ever was before. You know, 20 years ago, if you wanted to reach your customers, you had to go out and find them or find a way to get them to you. But social media kind of creates this extra space to where you can kind of bump into them and become a part of their lives in a much more organic way. And social listening now, you know, you can figure out exactly 
what conversations are happening around a specific topic, when they're happening, on what channel, and you can gauge with them exactly where they are and when they're talking about these topics. So it's a big part of what we do every day, and I think that's why we decided today to bring in our guests, uh, Garner and Lauren, who are going to talk to us about social media, about some best practices, how to pick the channel that you're going into, how to set up your page, things like that. And so I'm really excited today to hear what they have to say on all that. So do you want to talk a little bit, Beth, before we get into our guests um, about why social media is such an important function of PR? Sure. As mentioned earlier, media relations is still a very big part of what we do in public relations, but social media has become just about as important as media relations. It's Social media is, when you think about it, at its core, it is two-way communication. There's an uncontrolled conversation element to social media, and you, you can control what you tweet or what you post, but you can't really control public responses. And in PR, it's our job to interact with stakeholders, not only to send messages, but also to receive the feedback. There's also a huge responsiveness element to social media, whether it's responding to media, to employees as internal communication, or to customers. It's our job to respond to questions, to praise, and to criticism. Ignoring an inquiry or criticism on social media is a digital no comment, and we know how that goes over. Not well. It's really important to know how to identify situations that could potentially escalate and how to handle them. So having a strategy and structure in place to be able to respond to these types of comments and inquiries. Social media is relationship-driven. So when you think about Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, all of these channels, these are all extensions of traditional relationship-building platforms that now take on a digital form. And engagement, when people interact with the company on social media, they don't typically want to talk to the corporate or to you know someone uh, at the corporate level. They want to talk to someone who's at their level. And what the company says on social media has to be authentic. It has to be personable, and it can't be consistently self-promoting. That is certainly an aspect of it, but it needs to be you know news, trends, what's happening within the industry, engaging with your customers, and what they're talking about at that moment. So social media is truly a function of PR, and it should be supported by an integrated strategy with marketing and with customer service and every other aspect of marketing. Social media messages and the company voice should be consistent across all communications functions. That's truly the beauty of integrated communications. In just a moment, you'll hear from Garner and Lauren, two of our amazing PR team members, about social media and how that functions as a PR element. Yeah, and I think that's such a great point about authenticity because that's something that you know we talk about all the time on this podcast is being real with your audience, with your consumers. And for businesses, I think that it's a really great way to bring that authenticity out there, but it's even greater for the people on the other side of it. It's great for me as an individual who wants to connect with the company, or more importantly, me as an individual with needs, because I know that the things that are coming out through social media, the PR team responsible for it has to be on top of it. They have to be ready because they know how important my input is. 
And so it really gives the customers a voice and it kind of makes that authenticity a lot more tangible both ways. And I think that's really important. It is. And it shows that you're engaging with them in real time. You're not letting a story lapse. You're not letting their response go unnoticed. You're actually responding to them. And typically, especially if you're on a platform like Twitter, where it is very short form communication, you've got to be responding to each individual message and in real time. And when you do that, that shows that authenticity that shows that you are listening to them. Right. And at Inferno on our team, we have two people who are very great at that, who are great at creating that authentic message and just making sure that social media is engaging in the ways that we want it to and making sure that the people we're talking to feel heard when they speak back to us. So I'm really excited for you guys today to hear what Garner and Lauren have to say. So stay tuned for more Boilerplate. Today we have Garner Keppen and Lauren Barry here to talk to us about social media as a PR function and some best practices for using it. So welcome, Garner. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you. Hey. We're so excited to have you guys here. We're excited, We're excited to, to be, be here. here. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Well, um, Garner and I knew each other in college. We both went to the University of Memphis, and I graduated back in May of 2017. Started working here a week later. Um, I had, you know, graduated from the Department of Journalism with a focus in news and really um, didn't have any too much prior knowledge of PR, but definitely had a lot of experience with social media and just started working here really soon after and fell in love with the clients and the work that we're doing and the team and the atmosphere and the fast pacedness is something that I really enjoyed and just have loved being here every day since. And as Lauren mentioned, um, we did know each other in college and we... Um, actually had a few classes together, which was fun. Similar to Lauren's experience, I graduated um, and actually had not graduated, had an interview with Inferno and started a week after I graduated as well. Um, have been here ever since, have transferred departments and am now with PR and have really enjoyed every moment since. It's extremely fast paced. Um, I originally fell in love with PR and I did an internship with Le Bonner in their marketing department. So that kind of segued into... Um, my love for marketing and PR and the love for this department. Well, we are so excited to have you both here today and talk to you about why social media is an important PR function. So Lauren, most businesses are interested in social media, but they might not know where to get started. What channels do you feel like they should focus on? Um, I think that it really depends on the audience. So it's important to know who you're trying to reach. Typically, I would think that Facebook um, is a good starting platform because it's more of a catch-all for all audiences. Facebook was something that Garner and I grew up with. You know, I had one in eighth grade is when I created it. My mom got one at the same time. That was 10 years ago. <laughs> and it's been with me ever since. So you kind of have a wide variety of people on there of all different ages. I think that that's a good way to start off when you're trying to create, you know, a Facebook account for a business. I think you can reach um, a lot of different people that way. And if your demographic is a little bit younger, um, Instagram is a great place to engage and to start as well. Um, your posts here are going to look a little bit different from Facebook um, as they're going to be a little more visually interesting. This platform also offers different elements um, for stories and for GIFs and for um, just really fun elements. So you can play up the, visu the visualization on this platform more. A lot of celebrities use this platform more, so that's a great 
additional way to have influencers for different clients that you're servicing, for event promotion, things of that nature that's really important in this business. And so this platform as of late too also is integrated on Facebook. So it's a lot easier to post stories um, and content from one platform to another with one push of a button. Love a good Instagram post. I also think that LinkedIn is really great for companies who are more focused on professional development. We've also recently realized that it's a good platform for nonprofits too, as well as you can reach, you know, new donors and businesses. So um, especially during those holiday, you know, giving campaigns that are coming up, LinkedIn's a good platform for nonprofits to be on as well. But you each bring up such great points about different channels and how your audience is such an important aspect of what channels make sense to be on. And something that we've talked about on the podcast before, and obviously something that we've talked about a great deal on the PR team, is how important creating audience engagement maps are, because that really helps set the tone for what channels you're going to be on. But even before that, you really need to dig deep and identify who are our different audience spaces? What are the personas of those audiences? And then from there, we can say, okay, here are the different messaging considerations for those audiences. And then the third step would be, okay, here's the appropriate channel to disseminate those messages to those audiences. So you each bring up such great points about, you know, each channel has its own flavor, if you will. And it makes for some companies, for some organizations, it does make sense to be on every channel, but for some it doesn't. And so you really need to create this audience engagement map and determine which channel does it make sense for us to be on and have the appropriate strategy before you just jump in. I think we've seen a lot when businesses try to take this on by themselves. They either say social media is too complicated. I don't want to spend time and energy on it. I'm not interested. And you know, then they're missing out on a lot of opportunities or it's kind of the other way of no, I know so social media is important, so I'm going to do Facebook. I'm going to do LinkedIn. I'm going to do Snapchat. How, how do I market on Let's there? Let's go and all so, in. Right. And so it's just really interesting because I, I don't think when people think about marketing, they do think about audiences and how should I get my message out and where are they? But they kind of lump social media in as a channel by itself when really Facebook is its own social media channel. Instagram is its own social media channel. And so really those audiences matching them to the correct social media platform is really important. It's extremely important. Yeah. And so I think, you know, once you pick that social media platform, then there's got to be a next step. Once you've identified your audience and you know, okay, Facebook is the one for me, I'm reaching maybe an older audience um, because I think, you know, typically Instagram is going to be geared more towards younger audiences. Um, but say, you know, I'm on LinkedIn because I want to talk to businesses or I'm on Facebook because my audience is older what next? What what should you keep in mind after you create your profile? I think it's really important first and foremost to look at your competitive landscape. So doing research on the front end will help alleviate a lot of um, the stress and frustration and back and forth and not really knowing where you can fill in the gaps for your client. So when you do the competitive research and see what others are posting, missed opportunities and where um, you can potentially elevate that for your client and reach the audience a little bit better with quality content, um, more responsiveness, better graphics and so forth, it really helps um, you start off on the right foot in a really strong way, positioning yourself well, allowing you know room for growth moving forward. Yeah, I think that's a really good point too because you know typically I think when people are marketing they don't want to 
you know, follow the competition as much. They want to stand out and they want to do something different. And I think that's important. But the cool thing about social media is that just by engaging with your customers, you're going to stand out because it's such a much more personal way of communicating. So it's a little bit more okay to look at what your competition is doing and say, okay, they do that really well. I also want to do that because it's not going to look the same to your customers. All they know is that when they come to you, they're getting a good experience. It doesn't really matter to them what your competition is doing. One of the other big parts too um, is consistency. So the more that you are consistent on your channels, the more that you will develop a following that people will start to anticipate what you're posting and want to follow your message going forward as well. And I think being consistent can be anything from the type of content that you're sharing and the tone of voice that you're sharing to the pictures that you're also sharing on your pages. We realized that very early on and crafting some of the social media pages for some of our clients was developing photos and content that would be the same all across the board that would look the same and be visually appealing that would make people more interested in the type of you know things that we're posting that will um that they know that they're able to get a good experience when they visit our page and they know exactly what they're going to get so frequency the evolving question that we get asked and we also ask ourselves Lauren, how much should you post and when or what time of day does it make sense to post on social media? So you shouldn't oversaturate your followers with posts. Um, that's a great way to get them to unsubscribe or to ignore you. But it's important to stay active as well. Um, one post is definitely ideal. You want to let people know that you're out there and that you're posting and that you're active. You hear them, you're responding to them through reviews, good and bad ones. Um, I say posting at 7 a.m. is a good time. That's the time that I'm most likely to check social media is at the beginning or the or, you know early morning. Noon is a good time to post as well because you may be on the lunch break at that time and 5 p.m. when you're getting ready to leave for the day. Um, I would say typically on a Friday you should post before 5 a.m. because you may not be checking your social media as well. So considering the times that you post are probably the best times to post. Yeah, and there are all these different uh, platforms out there right now that send, like Meltwater and Sprout Social, they're sending out on a almost weekly basis these days, here are the best times to post on specific channels, and that's something that we tend to follow, not to a T, but it is nice to see what are the trends in terms of frequency and time of day to post. So, Garner, how about content? How, how do you come up with the content to post? If you're posting once a day on your client's social media channels or even on the agency's social media channels, and you want that voice to be consistent across all platforms, but it does need to be a little bit different and tailored for that specific channel, how do you come up with that content? Well, there are plenty of ways to get um, your content for your post, um, but a great way to start is to see what's trending. Um, looking for national holidays that are relevant to that specific client or business are a great way, um, or open the conversation up with a client. See what they're going to be involved in for that month, um, any sort of events, any sort of charities, any sort of partnerships. That also opens up another route for you to um, enhance cross-promotion and things of that nature. Um, and so I think just looking too at your local outlets and see what else is going to be um, trending in your community that may pair well with that particular client. That brings up a good point too when you talk about trends, anything in the news, and maybe not just what's happening on the, you know, in the local news cycle, but what's happening nationally that you can localize. That brings up a great point. Lauren, what about you? 
Um, you can also find plenty of other businesses to collaborate with. You can tag them in, you know, your posts or share some of the content that they're sharing. We always find that that's pretty effective when you're tag somebody in a, in a post because they're also at the same time looking to share content as well. It's also important to anticipate responses and how your audience will engage or maybe won't engage with your content, right? I mean, that's something that the client's always asking us, you know, we are trusting as a client, they're saying, we trust you to develop this content or the client is drafting that content based on our strategy. So we need to make sure that, you know, we give them an overall thought or, you know, we're, we're thinking ahead and anticipating what their audience might say or how they may respond. Well, and coming up, with content every day is not, it's not an easy thing to do. And, you know, I think we've talked about before, the first thing you want to do is make sure that you're crafting content that's important to your audience. But secondarily, I think companies can look at content that's important to them. So as somebody in this industry, what would interest you? You know, if you, in some ways you're, you're, you're your own customer, you understand the industry well enough to know that these are the types of things that people care about. Here's why your product or your service is, is even better. Here are the things you're doing in the community. So the things that you're thinking about every day, a lot of times can serve as good inspiration for that content. But obviously you can find inspiration in a lot of bad places too, right? So there are definitely some social media conversations that businesses and PR professionals want to stay away from. What are some of those? Um, so this is one of the key parts of our job and our expertise. Not saying the wrong thing. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so as we've all mentioned, social media is a great place for people to connect, um, but it's also a place where a lot of conflicting um, opinions can create conflict. Partisan politics, controversial topics, things um, of these nature really don't have a place on your page. Um, the last thing you want to do is alienate part of your audience or create any sort of controversy that might distract from your ultimate business goals. And again, that's where we come in. Um, and if we have to think twice about it, maybe it's a conversation that we have internally and discuss, okay, you know, how, how would this paint a picture for your overall business goals, for how um, the local community or on a, you know, a national scale, how would that um, reflect on your business? And if that's in any way going to be a negative thought, um, it is our job to have that conversation with you and just say, hey, you know, from a professional um, point of view, we just really don't think. And it's important too from us to have reasons why crafted and to, you know, be able to share that with the client and say, for these specific reasons, we don't feel like that this would be appropriate. Um, and that's our job. We're, we're here to shield you from that um, in the event. And of course, it's never anyone's intention to be offensive. Um, but, you know, sometimes things happen. And so it's for us to kind of run um, quality control in that area. Well, what are some of those things that you try to steer people away from typically? Any sort of just hot button topics. Um, we have clients who um, do have more freedom in the way that they express themselves and um, they are fun and really try to push the boundaries in some ways. And so we push the boundaries to the point um, to where we feel it's appropriate. And then there's others that, you know, it's definitely going to be more of just like a business side. And that's where we have to draw the line of, you know, knowing your audience. Like we stated before, any sort of political issues, any sort of specific when I say controversial topics, religion, ethnicity, race, things of those nature, um, anything that's going to paint a picture that could potentially 
you know, group all of your employees or your whole business in one light is something that we're going to try to steer you away from. And that you bring up a great point, Garner, in thinking about the client's overall business goals. That's how, that's where we essentially start when we begin working with the client and when we're drafting these quarterly and annual plans with them. And then when we think about that strategy and going back to the audience engagement map, we want to make sure, you know, are we talking to B2B? Are we talking to B2C? How can we push the boundaries a little bit? Because we want to remain authentic. We want to keep you know, content fresh. We want to, you know, as frequently as we're posting on all these channels and across so many channels, we obviously want to be as creative as possible. But, you know, it is very important to make sure that we're providing the right strategic counsel and we let them know, you know, it's our job to make sure that we're managing their reputation appropriately. So making sure that we're sticking with content that aligns with their business goals, that aligns with the strategy that we've set forth, and that is appropriate to not only the channel, but to the topic that we're speaking to. And social media is such a funny thing, because when you're using it just as a person, you run into so much, there's that really opinionated cousin who's always going to share the political post. Unfollow! (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be the guy from high school who just says weird things, then you're like, why are we even Facebook friends? I'm not sure anymore. But as a business, you're trying to speak to all of the, you know, you're trying to speak to your more moderate people who are really just on there to look at pictures. You're trying to speak to the really opinionated people who are on there to have these political discussions. You don't want to say anything that's going to alienate any of those people. And that's true. And you you definitely want to keep that in mind. And there, But there are the extenuating circumstances where it does make sense to take a stand on a specific point. But that goes back to, you know, anticipating the response that you're going to get to that. And if that's something that you know, if your response and you're, if you're taking a stand on a certain topic aligns with your business goals, then that's fine. You just need to make sure that you're, you know, prepared to respond to the backlash that you may receive. But that, go, you know, it really goes back to, again, your strategy and being authentic and if taking a stand on something, if pushing a specific, you know, side on something is part of your overall business goal, then let's do that. But let's talk about that and make sure that we have the appropriate strategy and the appropriate response to um, make sure that this is a successful venture for you. Right. I think that a lot of that, like you said, goes back to authenticity. Looking at your core values as an organization, obviously, if there's a political issue or a social issue that really fits in with your mission and your beliefs as an organization, then yeah, absolutely speak to that on social media. Be authentic and start that conversation. But I think in anything, you can find the good in a topic. You know, Warren, can you speak to that a little bit? Um, I think that it's always important to share, you know, the best for your client in a positive light, just sharing content that is going to be you know, presented well across all platforms. We always want to make sure that we tap into what's going on in the world and, you know, recognize if there is a national disaster or if it's a, a, you know, an awareness month that we can speak to maybe sharing those statistics, but what are we doing to help and um, making a difference in the best way possible? How are we reaching out in the community? How are we engaging with our customers? How are we engaging within our own company and just keeping the message positive? It's not trying to put push fluff out there. That's not what we're saying at all. But, you know, there's always, you can find the good in any news. Um, and as you said, you know, sharing exactly what we're doing to combat whatever the issue is, is always a, a great direction to follow. I think in that, you know, it's not just using, like you mentioned, natural disasters. It's not leveraging those to use them for your business, but it's actually outside of social media, 
looking for ways to get your company involved in the community and looking for things to do and then finding a way to share that. So I think one of the ways that social media helps us with that is it lets us talk to our customers, to our audience and find out what's important to them. And then, you know, as an organization, we can take take a step back and say, okay, here's what we're hearing online. Here's what people care about. Here's nationally something that people are really upset about. How can we as a business step in and really help? And then sharing that, not using not using it to your advantage. Exactly. As you said, it is going back to being authentic and sharing exactly what your business is doing. And it might, it might be something that your business has been doing all along, but now is a great time to push that out or to promote exactly what you're doing in the community or exactly what your business is doing to change a stigma. Whatever that message is, just make sure you're pushing it out appropriately and to the appropriate audience on the appropriate channel. So you guys spoke a lot today about finding the right audience, about creating that audience engagement map, about when to post, things like that. What's a good place to start? You know, if if a business or if there's a PR professional helping a business and they're getting in and just creating an account from scratch, what's a good game plan for them to go in and start posting? I think starting initially with your business goals. What are your business goals? How can social media help to support those? Then creating a strategic plan for social media and you know, thinking about content calendars, that's a big part of what we do in PR, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it makes a really, um, it makes our jobs a lot easier, but it also helps us really stay on track. And when you think about that content calendar really helps with, um, you know, time of day, with frequency, with if there's a national um, awareness day or something like that coming up, we can plan for that well in advance. And really thinking about your content too, and going back to what you just said, Brandon, about the audience engagement map. Whenever you create that based on your business goals and you're aligning who are the audience groups that we're talking to, what are the different messaging considerations, then you can outline those within your content calendar, and then what are the appropriate channels. And in your content calendar, you can color code exactly what channel you're going to be posting on based in based on the content that you're posting, based on the audience you're speaking to. All right, ladies. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Garner and Lauren. We greatly appreciate your time and your insight. And thank you so much for all that you do, not only for Inferno, but for our clients as well. You're doing a great job and we greatly appreciate your time and insight today. Thanks for having us. It was fun. Hopefully you guys enjoyed everything that Garner and Lauren had to share today. I think we got some really great tips on how to get started with social media. Um, you can look for our latest video on, on podcast.creativeinferno.com. Uh, Garner and Lauren are going to be walking us through how to create an audience engagement map, how to schedule out your posts, and so I think that'll be a really great way for you to just dive in and find out how, how we do it here at Inferno. You can also find links to the Boilerplate social media on our website and get a feel for how we handle our own social posts. Thanks so much, Brandon, and I hope you guys stay tuned for more helpful tips on the Boilerplate.